From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. Authorities say a plane with seven people on board bound for Katmai National Park and Preserve in Alaska crashed into the water as it was leaving a seaplane base in Anchorage on Tuesday. Two people suffered serious injuries. Clint Johnson, chief of the National Transportation Safety Board's Alaska Division, says the information he initially received was that there were six people on board. He says he was later told that there were seven on board. Aaron Danielson, chief of the Ted Stevens International Airport Police and Fire, says there were some initial confusion on scene. A statement from the department said all seven were taken to area hospitals for evaluation and treatment. In an email to passengers, Alaska Airlines is warning them that the carrier is expecting heavy volumes of bicycles shipped to Juneau in the week prior to the Ironman Alaska event. The triathlon is coming to the capital city on August 7th. Alaska Airlines spokesperson Tim Thompson added, quote, We want to ensure Ironman participants traveling to Juneau are aware of the limited capacity for moving bikes on us. We are encouraging them to work on alternatives if they haven't already. News of the North received multiple copies of the email from listeners. You can see the copy of it under the news tab of KINYradio.com. Meanwhile, Cycle Alaska, a high-end bicycle sale, rental, and service shop in Juneau, is seeing a big increase in business ahead of Ironman. John McConaughey is the co-owner of the company downtown. He said many participants are using Cycle Alaska's bike build service. Well, it has been uh, quite an eye-opener in some regards. Some we expected, but uh, others it's been a nice surprise. We've had a lot of interest in, um, of course, bike build and um, bike boxing as far as when they come for the events, build the bike, and then box it up again so they can travel south with it. And also our repair packages that we're offering, we've had quite a lot of interest in those. And um, because of the volume, we're taking people as they bring the bikes into the village, or we've got a couple of days prior to that at the shop where we've set aside time to do that also. McConaughey added that locals who may not be entered in the race but want to venture out and support racers are contributing to his business. There's also some unexpected need for racers. People renting uh, road bikes for the event itself and also some other bikes like for family and friends that want to go out on the course and, and cheer on their, their uh, family members. And then things you didn't really expect that all of a sudden it just occurred to us, you can't travel with CO2 cartridges when you're on a plane. So we have a load of CO2 cartridges in and available for people. Some have pre-sold those through our, our website. We have an online presence. So we're holding things for people, just not uh, CO2 cartridges, but some other things also. McConaughey also said that, while Iron Man is big for businesses like his, its core business is locals in the capital city. Cycling jerseys and also T-shirts, ball caps, and a lot of different colors and, and socks. So there's not only things for the Ironman participants in the village, but also for our locals too, if they want to come out and, and just either buy for themselves or perhaps a gift for somebody who cycles in their family. Cycle Alaska's John McConaughey. A bear going through trash has been killed by authorities in Sitka, a community that experienced a record number of bear incidents last year. The Daily Sitka Sentinel reports the weekend shooting of the male brown bear by Sitka police was the first bear shooting this year in the, in the city. 
Last year, 14 bears were killed in and around Sitka. Steve Bethune, a state wildlife biologist, says four shots were fired with at least two striking the bear. He says the bear likely was defending a trash pile. Police issued citations at three addresses for having bear attractants. Kenny Scaffelstead, a fisherman and former mayor of Huna, is running to replace Jonathan Christ Tompkins in the House of Representatives. Scaffelstead has previously run for the legislature. He spoke to News of the North about why he is running for a third time. My reason for running is that uh, Southeast Alaska, while it's large in miles, it's really a small community. The Tundra Telegraph keeps us communicating with another. We bounce off each other, and many of us have family and friends throughout the region where we uh, share concerns and ideas. And my reason for running is that too many of the voices in our region have been left unheard at the legislature and, at, and throughout the legislative process. I've, uh, because of those contacts within the communities, because of a general knowledge and a, and a lifelong experience of being in the region and, and, and in the other regions of Alaska, I think that there is much to be gained by bringing a combined voice of the people that live in this region and let the creative voices uh, uh, be heard at the legislature and acted upon effectively. Scaffold spoke to what his first priority would be if elected, saying... An open book, uh, a, a clear eye into the governmental processes that are taking place at the time. And what that means is uh, communication throughout the constituency, throughout the region, so that, so that the public can gauge what the actions of our legislature have to do with them and where they feel and what their, what their thoughts and ideas and, and how they want that to go. So I want to accomplish that. I want, I want to have influence on our legislature in a way that government has a very finite role as created by our Constitution and, and, and mandated by our frameworks. And I think that adherence to the written laws of the land and the guidance that we've created is important. It's important to the people of Alaska. It's important for us as a governing body to adhere to and use those as a, as a guide. And explained who he is outside of politics. Ken Scaffolstead is a working hand. I'm a fisherman. I'm a construction hand. I'm a mayor, a council person. I'm the guy that, uh, whether you're playing a game or or going for a picnic, or if we're out to uh, harvest bounty in this uh, in the wild, it would it would usually come down to, hey Kenny, what do we do next? How do we go about this? What's the plan? That's been a lifelong occurrence with me. Um, it is today. The unheard voices I mentioned earlier are calling on this guy that usually can put something together that's uh, that's productive. Candidate Rebecca Hemshoot is also running to replace Christ Tompkins' seat in the House. The filing period to be a certified candidate for the City and Borough of Juneau Assembly and Board of Education has closed. Voters will elect three Assembly members and two school board members at the October 4th regular municipal election, which will be held as a by-mail election similar to that conducted in October of last year. Candidates for office must be qualified voters of Juno. You can still file as a write-in candidate, though. Juno Mayor Beth Weldon spoke about the process on the KINY Morning Show. 
those candidates have until 4.30 on Friday to withdraw their names. But if you want to file a as a write-in candidate, you can file that. You just have to get a letter of intent and declaration of candidacy form to the uh, um, clerk's office, and uh, you need to have that done by Tuesday, September 27th, along with an APOC financial disclosure. So don't forget having to disclose your finances. So anyway, there is still chance to uh be on the ballot, but it's not as a certified candidate. It would have to be as a write-in. As of Tuesday, no new individuals have filed. Leaving Assembly members Greg Smith, Wade Bryson, and Carol Treem running unopposed. Over at the school board, D.D. Sorensen and M.L. Mackey are also unopposed. On the ballot, though, there will be a number of revenue and spending issues. Weldon spoke to those. The referendum to uh, repeal the uh, property tax disclosure and the penalty. So that will be on this uh, ballot. We also have the 1% area-wide sales tax. And uh, just to be clear on that, this to everybody, because this, this, I was just asked this the other day, this does not raise our sales tax. So this does not raise our sales tax. This just keeps it at 5%. And the projects we identified were deferred maintenance, for CBJ and JSD, replacement safety equipment for JPD and CCFR. I should say all of them. I won't go through all of them. Harbor expansion and maintenance, affordable housing initiatives, um, information technology upgrades, and a few more other items. And you can get the whole list um, at, on our agenda when it comes out because that's who will be on uh, meeting on Monday night. And bond questions regarding a new city hall and park upgrades will also be put to Juno voters. We also have the two bond packages, one not to exceed $35 million um, for the construction and equipment of a new city hall for the city of Borough, and also the um, one not to exceed $6.6 million for park improvements within the city and borough and the parks that we have, the park that we have uh, focused on that is the Adair Kennedy Park to install a turf field to replace the track. A tennis court at Adair Kennedy Field is also looking for upgrades as pickleball becomes more popular there. The Alaska Heritage Institute Board of Trustees has announced the dates for the next in-person celebration, and it will be June 5th through the 8th, 2024. The White Horse-based Dagaquan dancers will be leading the dance groups for the celebration of 2024. Marilyn Jensen is the leader of the group. She spoke to the News of the North last month. We're just really thrilled and so honored humbled, um, really didn't expect it at all, you know, to be um, asked to be the host lead group next celebration. So we're really, really thrilled, and we have a lot of work to do. You know, our, our plan is really to represent hardcore and to just bring it up to the next level, you know, uh, in regards to ourselves and the development of our group and how we want to represent our nation's. Marilyn Jensen of the Dakaquan Dancers. During a business meeting held by the Energy and Natural Resources Committee, Senator Lisa Murkowski spoke about her legislation to make Alaska eligible for the same level of offshore revenue sharing as Gulf Coast states. The committee advanced her bill, the Alaska Offshore Parity Act, to the full Senate for consideration. I think I've made very clear over the years that I believe that Alaska should be eligible for the very same offshore revenue sharing as other coastal producing states, notably the Gulf Coast states. And I'm extremely 
unhappy and certainly was very unhappy when Alaska was cut out of the initial deal back in, in 2006. Kowski said she wants to make sure Alaska is not left out again. After working with the bill's sponsors for nearly a year to find an equitable path forward, I think we have reached an agreement that Alaska will not be left out. Murkowski also secured a commitment from her colleagues to include her bill in any broader revenue-sharing measure. More than 20 Republican attorneys general have filed a lawsuit against the Biden administration over a Department of Agriculture school meal program that prohibits discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender, gender identity. The challenge claims that the federal government is attempting to force states and schools to follow anti-discrimination requirements that misconstrue the law. In June, the USDA announced it would include discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity as a violation to Title IX, but it was not clear whether the federal government would hold back funding for school meal programs as part of its enforcement. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.